Good morning. This is the Lois J. Wetzel Show, and I'm your host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from 9 a.m. Houston, Texas, Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, you can rate my show, mark it as a favorite, and let people know that you were here and listening to my show. You can get reminders of upcoming shows. It's all free. My call-in number is 347-945-5309. You can call using the telephone or Skype. You can listen on your phone or your computer. If you're calling in and you want to ask a question, just hit the number 1 and I'll know that you would like to ask a question. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things we talk about here on this show. I've been sending this newsletter out for about 12 years, and to sign up for that, you would go to my website, hotpinklotus.com. I do not share email addresses with anyone because your privacy is important. Good morning. During these exciting and challenging times, how do we remain at peace? How do we exude that frequency which radiates out to others, the energy that manifests what we want on this new Eden of a planet, which we're creating, all of us together, at this critical juncture? Fear manifests what we don't want. So how do we remember to focus on what we do want and not to slip into fear, which sends out the frequency of what we don't want? So we're going to talk with Joan Walker today, who is uh, internationally renowned as the channel for Ascended Master Kuthumi, as she talks about some of the ways that we can do that. And now I'm going to dial her. Okie dokie. Hello. Good morning, Joan. It's Lois. How are you this morning? I'm fine. How are you? Great. So we were going to talk today on the radio about how to stay in peace at this critical time where when we slip into other things, we manifest what we don't want. Well, that is a very good topic, I think. Uh, Very timely. So... Yeah, very timely. Um, There's so much going on these days um, that is bringing about good changes and um, needed changes. And so you, it's very easy because of all the what's going on to get in the chaotic aspect of it and fear mm-hmm. uh, because that's what all this negativity, when you fall into that, thinking and feeling is just really based in uh, fear of survival. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that um, we talk about some of the things that can help you stay out of that mode of thinking and create um, an environment that is light-filled and very positive and creative because the energies are so potent right now um, to bring about new creation, and we are all part of that. So if we can just focus on um, our creative abilities and what is possible, um, it, then it will help us stay out of the fear, I think. Yeah. So, Okay. I'm just. I want to repeat this because I'm not sure that everybody listening really knows this, and sometimes you have to hear it more than once. But whatever you focus on is what you're manifesting. So exactly. if you're watching, if you're watching the news, because consciousness, our consciousness with a capital C, is the divine part of us that 
causes things to manifest and it's and it's getting as the veil is lifting more and more potent as you said which i love that word and i never use it but it's such an awesome word and so when we get into watching the news and seeing the same you know horrific disaster images again and again and again and again and especially if we react to these things emotionally then what we do is we draw unto the planet more disaster exactly that's something that most people, no matter how many times you say it, really get. Because I'm seeing a lot of people I thought were really spiritual getting into, you know, the chicken little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Right. And so that's that's the thing that uh, I think we all have to take responsibility for and um, and not allow ourselves to catastrophize because our consciousness is creating this new world. You are exactly right. And I think it's very important in these times to stay, stay centered and to have to cultivate self-awareness about your own power as an energetic being, a being that was made in the image and likeness of source. So you are very powerful. And I don't think most of us consider ourselves as very powerful, but we very are. Very few people own that. Very few no. people that. And so um, if you can spend a little time daily in some kind of quietness so that you can connect with um, source or whatever you want to term it, God, um, the universe, and cultivate your awareness of your unity with that essence, uh, that that energy flows through you. And as such, you are a co-creator of your reality. Mm -hmm. So if you fall into survival-based thoughts because of the chaos that is in the exterior, it limits you greatly in tapping into that light within you that is very uh, whole and unified. So I think in these times that's essential. And it's very difficult because there's so much going on, so much busyness. And, um, you know, it's just a lot and time is changing. So, you know, everybody perceives it as having not enough when, in fact, there is an abundance of creative abilities, abundance of time to create that. But in order to do that, you have to step back out of the chaos into the quietness of your interior and recognize your own power and ability to create your reality. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing that's come to my attention recently is that um, a lot of people, when the thing is just almost manifested, give up. Yes. And it's yes. really important to hold a steady focus on what it is that you want so that you don't sabotage yourself when it's 95% there. Yeah. It's very easy in these times to get distracted. Mm-hmm. As I, you know, said, because time is changing and you think you, you know, you limit yourself so greatly when you can't see that you are creative, that you're creating your reality. So just an adjustment, it's not a major overhaul, but just an adjustment in the way you're thinking and feeling and trying to keep your thoughts positive mm-hmm. and for some people that means don't watch the news well that's true you know for myself i don't very rarely spend a lot of time watching the news i do you know i may listen to it briefly or when the newspaper comes in the morning i may gaze at the headlines i don't think it's a good thing to hide your head in the sand either um to keep apprised of what's going on because now we're no longer isolated in our little communities and and country. 
it's a global event that is transpiring. Mm-hmm. It's this whole entire earth is being raised. Um, so to have, you know, an overall view, but not buy into the chaos. And you buy into the chaos when you listen to news programs for hours every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not allow you to get to that center of peace and begin to create from your um, your soul essence who you are as a spiritual being, holding those thoughts that promote higher consciousness or higher awareness, holding those feelings of excitement for all of the changes that are occurring. Yeah, it's... it's um... A lot of people, and you mentioned head in the sand, a lot of people when you say don't, when I say don't focus on that, focus on a positive outcome, they go, oh, well, you're just sticking your head in the sand. And what I'm saying is don't buy into the most horrible outcome for this event. And so, you know, it's a tricky thing, knowing what's going on without getting into fear. But that's that's what we all need to be aiming for. Right. Aware of it and without just obsessing on it and watching the negativity over and over and over all day, like you said, watching hours of news a day. And there are people who do that. Oh, absolutely. You know, and another thing is if you can see it, you know, like all of this stuff that's going on in our banking system, mortgages and Mm -hmm. the economy, if you can see that in a more positive light instead of buying into the fear and the chaos, see it is... a need for change, bringing up those things that are out of integrity. Yeah. And and reorganizing the way in which we do business. Mm-hmm. You know, that in itself, if you can hold that, that those changes have to be made because there's so much within that system that's out of integrity. The same way with governmental agencies, not necessarily, not just in this country, but in the Middle East, in the in Europe, in mm-hmm. the in the Far East, um, those governmental um, uh, paradigms have to be reorganized, and they have to the dynamics have to be re, re, um, reconfigured so that they are in integrity and in alignment with divine light. So, if you can mm-hmm. see all of this chaos, all of this that's happening, it's it's crumbling the foundations of those things that need to come into the light, that need to be changed. So the darkness is crumbling. The broken stuff's crumbling so that it's like the earth crumbling as a new seedling comes up through the earth. And we're accustomed to that flat, crusty, hard earth. And, uh, it, you know, when it cr- when it cracks open and something we're not familiar with, comes through it it would be easy to get into fear rather than excitement but the challenge is to get excited and pour water on that thing as it comes through the earth exactly so beat it with our positive intentions exactly so in order to do that you've got to spend some quiet time creating that Mm -hmm. your reaction is not from a state of fear but a a state of really seeing clearly and the excitement of the change that is happening now. Yeah, with wonder and joy. Exactly. Excited anticipation. And I think it's important to stay in joy as much as you possibly can because you magnetize more of that to yourself and to the planet. And what I've been doing lately is listening to a lot of bossa nova because that gets yeah. me up. That gets me up and happy and bouncy, and I even get up and dance when no one's looking. (laughs) Hey, whatever, you know, that makes your heart open and Mm -hmm. sing, you have to cultivate these things. So um, what are some of those things that, that you suggest people do if they're not accustomed to doing things like that? I mean... Well, first of all, they have to allow their authentic self to come forward. You know, a lot of us have been programmed to be, oh, very serious, very studious, and take responsibility for things that aren't our responsibility. So 
you know, you have to have the courage to get up there and dance, Mm -hmm. to sing when you feel like singing. Allow yourself to do that. Whatever it is that makes you happy or, or, you know, brings that joy forward. Um, You don't have to be an artist, but if you've always wanted to paint, get some paper and be childlike. Throw some paint on there. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just creates an environment for your creativity and your joy to be expressed. Let the inner child play is what you're saying. Yeah, it's important that we play. Um, And color outside of the line. It doesn't matter. Sing. Yeah, here's here's the thing as a former art teacher that I would say to anybody who's getting ready to, to make art is make it on a blank piece of paper and start with finger paints if you have to, but coloring inside the lines, that's not art. No, it's not. It's just not. Forget it's the lines. Some, it's a, somebody else's idea of how it should look. Right. And that isn't helping you tap into your own creativity. Your exactly. own um, uh, unlimited expression. And I think that's very needed in these times is is to, you know, cultivate something that you enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. whether it be gardening, um, planting flowers that give you great joy to look at the colors, uh, you know, and the different types of flowers that come up uh, during different seasons. Um, there are is a multitude of ways to express your creativity and just let it flow. Let that joy come out of you. But you have you know, to be... some people, that's making love. Yes, absolutely. Whatever that expression is, it's different for each one of us because each one of us are so unique and have so many different ways of expressing ourselves, mm-hmm. so many different wonderful gifts that we have that we haven't used in years. Like cooking without a recipe, there's another way to do it. That's coloring outside the lines. Make up, make up a recipe. Make up, yes. And if it didn't turn out right, oh well. So what? So what? You know, yeah. if the earth come to the end. Yeah, it's like if you take care, and I've been thinking about this the last few days. If you take care of this moment, then the in the end, everything is taken care of all by itself because. Eddie, if in each moment you are giving your greatest attention to this moment, say you're you're creating a new recipe or you're making finger paints, if you are really fully immersed in the moment and focus your best and highest energy on that moment, the end product, whatever it is, takes care of itself. Exactly. And I think that's another point, Lois, that you make that's very valid in these wonderful times that we live in, is staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. Not in the past and not in the future, but in this very minute, because that's where you create. That's where you that's are always. Always. That's where you are at your very best. Mm-hmm. The, the past has already happened, and the future isn't here yet. So it's It never right. is. It never is. No, we're and always it, just now. Right. If you focus on the future, what what may happen, you miss all the opportunities that are in the now. Exactly. So that's a very good point. I'm glad and you, you know, it. as soon as people realize that we are existing in an eternal now, we never get to go to the future. Because even if you are psychic or you do shamanic journeys, there are so many possible futures that what you see may or may not come to pass. Exactly. There are a lot of variables in the future. Oh, yeah. Given a, one more choice. Yeah, you haven't created it yet. Yeah. You can change what you you saw, uh, you know, that was about to happen by by a choice. I've watched people do that again and again. Oh, absolutely. 
you know, and I think some get so hung up in making a mistake or if they do make an error in their choice that it's irreversible. And that's a very um, rigid way. It's a very rigid state of consciousness that really belongs to third dimension, which we have all um, stepped out of. You can always change your creation. You can always add to a recipe. You can always plant another plant. You can always add another color to a painting. You can change it immediately and instantly. You are unlimited in your expression. You you don't have to go back into that old thinking process, well, you made your bed, you have to lay in it. Absolutely not. I've always said that, that every lifetime is like a painting that's being created by your soul or your higher self. Exactly. And that when yes. you make a boo-boo, all you have to do is create another change. You make a change in, in order to weave that boo-boo in as part of the whole pattern so that it works with the rest of the work of art. Maybe the boo-boo was to help you learn something so that the rest of your creation would reflect the beauty of that greater knowledge. Exactly, yes. So there are no mistakes, really. There's just mm-hmm. learning. They're just learning. It's just the way in which you are evolving and making mm-hmm. choices. You have choices every minute. That's right. And, and that's just, part of the process. Part of the process of being on the Earth School is learning from your choices. Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you make a choice that eh, that really wasn't what I wanted, make another one. Yeah. Exactly. So as long as there's breath, there is hope. You can do something different. Yes, very definitely. These are such wonderful times. And it, oh, they're amazing. They are amazing, the changes that have occurred and are yet to occur because we are in such a creative escalated state of being right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I what saw, we, Go ahead. That you have to focus on that. Mm-hmm. That you are so unlimited in your expression now and there's so many things in change and flux that the sky's the limit of what exactly. we can achieve. Exactly. Um one of the things that uh, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a letter circulating on the internet and Facebook from a woman in Sendai, where the tsunami was, and she was talking about a lot of the. Her name was Anne. We didn't know what her last name was, but um, she'd written a letter home saying things were very different since the tsunami. That there was no electricity. That people were living in places other than their homes and um, that they were taking care of each other and that at night you could see a magnificent array of stars that could not be seen before and that the old people were saying this is the way it used to be in the old days when everyone took care of each other and she would leave her little hut for a while and come back and someone would have left food and water for her. Aww. And that people, Yeah, and that Nobody ever knew who had done it, but that everyone was doing that. If they had an extra of something, they'd make sure they left it with people who perhaps did not have it. And it was just a really beautiful letter about how awesome life was after the tsunami. Wow. Yeah. How wonderful. If you choose to look at it that way. Yes. And, you you know, that happened when we had the earthquake, you know, an earthquake very severe one in the San Francisco area some years ago where everybody came together and shared what they had. Uh, In New York, uh, when the towers fell, how everybody bonded together and came together to help one another. Mm -hmm. These are the things, the states of being that, that 
we need to create, that we need to go back to those. This is what happens when there's a, a hurricane, because I've experienced that both in Galveston back in the 80s and in Houston, that so people come together. And the only place I've ever lived where people of all races treat each other as equals is Galveston, Texas, because they've had some of the most horrific, horrific mm-hmm. uh, hurricanes and, in fact, the worst natural disaster ever to hit the United States was in Galveston in 1900. And people still, to this day, treat each other differently there. I had a friend who was Jewish. He said, I didn't know I was Jewish, really, until I went off to college in Chicago. I didn't know what that meant. Because everybody is all the same. Right. Because they come together after a, a hurricane and bond like that, just like what you were describing. People cooking out in their front yards because they don't have any fuel indoors so everybody's out in their barbecue you know working on their barbecue pits and sharing food and sharing water and if somebody's got an ice chest well maybe you'll go put something that needs to be refrigerated in their chest and i know exactly what you mean that's just the most awesome experience from a natural natural disaster is that people come together bond and take care of one another yes so wouldn't it be wonderful if we could create that state of consciousness and that state of awareness outside of a disaster in our mm-hmm. everyday life as we interact with each other, that we open our hearts to that awesome love and caring that we cover over in our busyness of every day and getting ahead and making... So if if we could cultivate that state of consciousness in our daily life, what changes we could make in this world? Mm-hmm. And I think an open heart is contagious. Oh, absolutely. You know, people... how many people have you been around that are hard to be around and that you withdraw from, but... In that difficulty, if you can remain centered in yourself and open your heart, somehow it changes the dynamics of that interaction. Mm-hmm. But uh, so much of the time we get bogged down by the energy that is between the two, and then you close down instead of opening up, which is what's needed. Right. So can you think of any, like, meditation tools? Okay, they're getting quiet, but are there any other tools that you can recommend that people, uh, simple things that people can do to, um, you know, for self-care during these times? Well, I think, you know, that point about the open heart is a very um, important uh, step that you can take and cultivate every day by sitting in the time that you sit quiet. It doesn't have to be for an hour. It can be for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And cultivate breathing in light into that center of your heart, seeing that magnificent heart of yours open and be full of light and full of grace and just allowing it to expand and that energy bringing in that light and love from source into the heart center, letting it fill you up and be who you are. I think that, you know, is a is a really good exercise to just breathe in the light of source mm-hmm. and allow that heart to expand. Fill yourself up with the love that you are. And, and where there's willing. light, there can be no darkness. Light no. dispels darkness. Correct. So that runs and the dark out of your heart if there's any in there. Yes. And the more that you work with that center and breathe in the light and allow that breath to expand it till it just fills your entire, not only chest, but your entire body, send that love through the entire body in every cell so that when you begin to interact with others and you are in a relationship, 
that you can be open. It doesn't mean that you you don't set boundaries or you allow people to um, walk all over you, but that you are open and that you are loving. And if you have that love within you for yourself, then you know what is appropriate and what is not. And when it's not, you say, this is not okay. But you don't say it in a a negative way. You Mm -hmm. don't put them down personally or tear them apart by through anger. Mm-hmm. See and them. Another can be, that can be tricky too to do it that. Is, to because you know, here again, we had talked earlier about reactions. Uh, when you feel like your boundary has been um, crossed, or whatever event is going on that happens to be negative, a lot. It's so easy to fall into judgment or anger. Mm-hmm not stay focused in, with an open heart and just saying, this is not okay, can we change this? We need to readjust the way we're um, interacting here. And be willing to be open and open your mouth and voice what you're thinking. Yeah. And, you know, here's something that I've noticed lately that's been coming up for me as a lesson is, how to handle it when I notice, and this is a recurring pattern, when I notice that I'm allowing people to complain and I'm sitting listening to them, complain mm-hmm. and complain and complain. And I wonder how many people don't realize that emotional dumping or complaining is just not cricket for a couple of reasons. You're dumping it on the other person, and once again, your focus is on what you don't want. So how do you say to a person, um, you know, complaining's not okay? Well, you know, first of all, you have to realize that they're in a world of hurt, and they uh, obviously can't see outside of that or they wouldn't be dumping on you. Secondly, you can't take it personally because it's their stuff. See, that's the hard part. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part. Uh, you you can't take it personally. It's their stuff. It doesn't belong to you, so let it be them. So listen for a brief period because everybody likes to be listened to, but not for 30 minutes or an hour. Listen to them for a few minutes and then say, gee, boy, that I understand you're really having a hard time here. What are your plans to change that? How do you think you could um, readjust that or change that Yeah, I've noticed there are some people who are chronic with the complaining thing. They want to repeat every word of a conversation they had with someone so that in the end you tell them they were right. Yes. Well, everybody wants to be validated. (laughs) (laughs) They they want to feel it's somebody else's fault, so none of it is responsibility. Um, So it is your responsibility here when you are interacting with someone like that. It's your responsibility to set the line, to not mm-hmm. take it as a personal affront. Let it be their problem. But be compassionate in saying, gee, I really understand that you're having a hard time here. That, that, you know, that must be hard for you. That must be difficult for you. It doesn't, you know, there's no judgment there. It's just the person is having a very difficult time. Gee, what are your plans to change that? How do you think you could um, um, make a change here? Or if you have um, a suggestion for them, you might ask, would you like my opinion or would you like some feedback? But don't allow that to go on for great lengthy periods of time. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help them to process that over and over and over again because they can't get into the solution when they're running the problem. Yeah, that's a good point. They can't get to solution if they're running the problem in their heads or out loud over and over and over. Excellent point. I love that. Yeah, 
it and that's important because I've been there, done that. You know, when you run it over in your head, 50 million ways. You can't create the solution when you're too embodied in the problem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So sometimes just venting to a friend within limits is helpful for you to see a solution or a possibility for a change. Yeah, but that's absolutely here, right. and, You know, if you're the listener, you have to, it's up to you to put the limit on how much of that you're going to listen to. If it's right. valid, if it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And when it's a chronic problem, it's just really important to let the person know that, be their mirror. Say, well, somehow it feels like you're stuck in the problem and not moving towards solution. Yes. Yeah. So what about chakra balancing or cleaning, or is there anything that you would suggest to help people um, as a spiritual practice that they could do? Well, I think the chakras right now are very important. Um, They are part of your energetic system, and especially those first four chakras. We don't give enough attention to those four first four chakras. We always want to focus on those higher chakras because it's very... By the very first four, you mean like the root, the sacral, the the power center in the abdomen and the heart chakra, right? Correct. Okay. It's, it's much more pleasant if you're in a meditative state to focus on those higher chakras mm-hmm. um, because you, you get kind of in an altered state and it's very pleasant and you don't have to deal with your everyday life but it's those first four chakras that are key in your ability to create heaven on earth to create mm-hmm. your everyday life um, as as the divine being that you are so if you are stuck in that first chakra and with things that have happened in your life um, according to survival issues, fear issues, family patterns, things you've been taught that are out of alignment, um, that were created through fear. The energies can't spiral up the chakra system and empower you to create differently. If you're bogged down in the energies of that first chakra that are out of alignment with your soul essence. So spending time here again, you've got to go inside and you have to look at that chakra. You have to breathe in light, get it spinning, moving, vibrating with the light. Contemplate what in your Daily experience is out of alignment where you react in survival, in fear, in judgment, in guilt. Try to fit in um, because that's a family pattern to be approved of and fit in. See what's out of alignment in there. Breathe in the light. Change your mind. Start constructing very positive thoughts in relation to those negative thoughts that might be there. Secondly, then move that energy up into the second chakra where you begin to create your reality in accordance with your soul essence. You're moving the energy from the first chakra into the second chakra where you create your reality and you're moving it, and you're spinning it, and you're increasing the vibration. Then move it up into that third chakra where you're empowered. If you have issues in that third chakra of self-worth that stem from the first chakra issues where you've been taught through genetic lineage or through experience at an early age, you can't empower yourself to manifest your creation out of the second chakra. And then 
the fourth chakra in the heart. That's where your soul resides, in that high heart. To love and appreciate yourself. To love and appreciate and be in compassion for others and the trials and tribulations that they are going through and seeing them through the eyes of your soul. So you can see how that's all tied together, those chakras, the spinning, the vibration. If you're blocked down in that first or second chakra, you can't empower yourself with an open heart to create and manifest your reality in the way that you, your soul wants to express it. So it's very important that you pay attention to those first four chakras. And, and the fourth, the heart chakra, is kind of the harmonizer between the lower chakras and the upper chakras, right? Yes, it is the bridge that really then gives you the impetus to increase that vibration in the upper chakras to open the crown and access universal mind and the Godhead in a very specific way to bring in more light through the entire system so that you then increase your light quotient, you increase the vibration in every one of those chakras, and you begin to co-create heaven on earth. So those chakras have to, the energetics in those chakras have to be vibrating and moving in order for you to create. Otherwise, it it remains in the realm of uh, possibility and fantasy and dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. And never quite makes it to the earth. Correct. Well, now, that makes a lot of sense when you think about that. So then what happens is if we've got all four of our lower chakras functioning properly through whatever technique we use, and we send down an anchor from our root chakra or from our tailbone or bottoms of our feet down into the earth, then it seems to me that it makes it easier for us to bring in from the cosmos the divine and anchor it into the earth. Yes. Then you have (coughs) every chakra is dependent on the other. And if there's a breakdown in that spiraling energy, in the vibrations, so that the vibrations are all coherently functioning as one unit. If there's a breakdown in any one of those, then the entire system cannot function to its fullest expression. Because so we, we can be kind of like lightning rods for the divine to bring to bring that energy into the and ground it in the earth, the energy of the the new Eden that we're trying to create, we can all act as lightning rods if we've if we're doing yes. our work on our chakras. Yes. But if your chakras are bogged down, especially the first four, and that energy isn't flowing and you are not able to create the vibratory rate that is in resonance with the upper chakras, with that crown chakra, with the third eye, if if they aren't, if those lower chakras are not at the same vibratory rate, you don't have a cohesive flow, and there is a disconnect. So you can't create fully and completely as the divine being that you are. Mm-hmm. And those people who are not, um, who don't have those lower four chakras functioning properly, those are the people we talk about as being ungrounded, right? Yeah. They're yeah. like flighty and head in the clouds and they never quite accomplish anything. Yes. And the other side of that or the other face of that are people who are so bogged down in that first chakra 
that it, it everything as it moves, it tries to move up the system in the chakras is grounded out. It can't, it can't spiral upward. It just continually grounds out through that first chakra, and it goes nowhere. So they mm-hmm. they are they can't create any change in their life. It like shorts out. It shorts out. It's like, you know, they are in this pain and misery, and ain't life awful, and they mm-hmm. can't move past that because mm-hmm. they can't get the flow going up through the system. And they can't begin to create the vibration that is necessary to tap into their divine essence. So it has to begin with, that is also the home of the mental body, has to begin with those thoughts. What thoughts am I thinking on a consistent basis that are out of alignment with what I want to create? It's home to the the ego, the rational mind. You can't then enter the higher mind, the divine mind, when you are bogged down in that first chakra. So there's a multitude. Each chakra holds such a multitude of configurations and uh, patternings that it takes time to... Think about those things and make yourself aware of where the disconnect is and in what chakra in order to make the change. So in case people who are listening don't know where the chakras are, you can just Google um, images of chakras. and there Oh, are there, there are so many books out there, Lois, about mm-hmm. chakras. Yeah, and what is in Yeah, there's a ton of things written out there, and I think people um, who first start on a a spiritual path, they look at that briefly. I mean, they they familiarize themselves with what those chakras are and you know how they function, and then as they get onto other things in their spiritual involvement, and they don't consider the value of that piece of information. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just say, oh, yeah, that's for beginners. I know about that. And they blow it off and move to something else and they don't take move care of the something else. But if they will constantly come back, they come back with a new awareness, a new state of consciousness, and they are able to use the functioning of the chakra system in a much uh, different way from a a different state of consciousness, and they get more value every time they revisit it. Mm -hmm. You know, something keeps coming. You know how things pop into your head and you know it's not you? (laughs) Because somebody's telling you to say it. Um, I'm being told that we need to, because there will be people listening to this for some reason who are looking for solutions, and I think it's going to be on in the future that, in the archives mainly, that there will be people who are, are going to be wanting um, affirmations for the chakras. Do you think we could go starting with the root chakra and, and maybe create some simple affirmations for each chakra? Oh, sure. Examples? I've got one for the root chakra. Okay. I have everything I need to survive and to thrive. I am blessed. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, there is something in that that um, in that first chakra, uh, a thought that you can begin to play with and create. And if you can shift your thought from survival in that first chakra to states of well-being. Um, I am whole and complete. I am a reflection of the divine. I am filled with light. So it becomes that you are then in that consciousness of well-being rather than 
oh, my God, will I survive? Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever the affirmation is that can bring you to that state of consciousness is very valuable. So when you work with that, I have everything that I need. I am full of potential expression. That type of thing. However that is for you. So it changes your consciousness from survival to states of well-being with confidence, certainty, that you can create whatever it is that you need in a timely fashion. So what kinds of concepts do we need to reinforce the second chakra? Well, the second chakra is the home of the emotional body, and it is a very fluid chakra. It is where we create life, not just another human being, but our life expression. So, um, you know, an affirmation would be, I, I create with ease and fluid and fluidity. Um, I create my reality in an unlimited fashion because I am fluid and unlimited. I like that phrase because I am fluid and unlimited. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that using those chakras that we have to cultivate that consciousness that we are unlimited, that we are infinite and eternal. So it's shifting our awareness away from limitation into that infinite state of being, unlimited potential that you can draw from at any time and create in a very fluid way. That second chakra is also about relationships. Yeah. And so I see the divine in everyone I meet. I see the love that is available to all of us. So that's a good um, little exercise to do um, because relationships can be difficult in many Yes, (laughs) they sure can. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. They are are our best learning tool. They're such mirrors, aren't they now? Absolutely. And they provide so much information uh, for us if we can just stay out of the reaction or triggers Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes... Um, happens in relationships and see that is a um, an environment or potential for learning now there's an interesting paradox mm-hmm. when somebody's doing something you don't take it personally but then, at the yes. same time it's your mirror yes exactly what a paradox so it's about staying out of reaction. And that is not an easy thing to cultivate. No, it is not. It it takes practice. I'm and here practicing. again, you have to realize you have you are eternal, so you have an abundance of time to practice that. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Absolutely. By paradox I mean two things that are true at the same time. Yes. That right. that definition of paradox. Yes. Yeah. So on for the third chakra, I'm thinking 
I am a I'm a potent, unlimited, powerful being. Very good. Very good. I think that's a great one. That chakra is such a key in able, in your ability to manifest your reality. Mhm. And it is so tied in to the first chakra as well as the fifth chakra, the throat, where uh-huh. you are able to speak your truth, you and are able you to want. align will with the divine will, and then in in respect to the first chakra, if you have issues of survival and unworthiness, you can't see yourself as the powerful, powerful creative being that you are. Mm-hmm. So that's a... You know, that chakra in a lot of people needs light, a lot of light, and spinning right. and, and creating right. a vibration and holding an appreciation for self, for the journey you have taken, the changes you have made, the trials and tribulations that you have overcome because you have been able to create something else. And you can tap into that power just by looking at that, like how far you've come and what you created for yourself. So in these times, it's so important to stay focused on what is right rather than what is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then we've talked about the heart. The, that I've got one. I am a perfect expression of divine love. Exactly. And I breathe in the love that is unlimited and available to me at all times. Oh, I like that. The breath can be used very successfully in working with the chakras. Breathing in the light, breathing in the love. And it's very helpful. So we've got somebody who's got a question who's called in. Do you want to uh, yeah, see what sure. the question is? Okay. Yeah. This is area code 305. I'm going to open the line to you. Hello, caller. You have your hand up, area 305. Hello? Guess not. No. I think sometimes people hit the one and don't realize that they're doing that or that it, what it means. So um, I think if people just work on those four chakras, since we only have 90 seconds left, <laughs> if people work on those four chakras, it's going to make That's a, a lot. I mean, if they will even re-listen to this little conversation about the chakras, there uh-huh. we have talked about a lot of things in this little hour. And... Um, there's a lot of information that you may dismiss at first go round, but if you will listen again, you will get a tremendous amount out exactly. of this conversation. Yeah. This has been a very potent conversation too, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Indeed. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Joan. It's always such an honor to speak with you. You're such a wise, wise woman. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I hope you will do this with My me. My pleasure, and that wisdom is just, it doesn't come just from me. I've, I've been very blessed to be on this journey with a lot of wonderful people. Right, we all have. I, I think it, and a lot of times with those people are not uh, visible to others. I mean, they are um, spiritual beings that we've yes. been blessed to be able to have conversations with. Yes. So thank you, and let's do this again. Okay. Thanks, Lois. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
have a website, hotpinklotus.com. I do healing, teaching, and readings for people. I've also written a book that's just come out called Akashic Records, Case Studies of Past Lives. That's available uh, on my website now. In a few weeks, it'll be available on Amazon. Andrew Ingram for books up for the bookstore. Thanks for coming today and listening to me talk with Joan. And come next week as I speak with Marvina Meek, who is a medium and psychic. And we'll be talking about the gold horse prophecy. And on the 13th, I'll be speaking with Summer Bacon, who channels Dr. Peebles.